Now through downtown, through Greater Cleveland on 102.5 FM. It's the Bob France Authority. Hour number two underway now, 10 minutes past 10 o'clock on this Monday, the 27th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord, 2020. We went, uh, we've, we made the tough decision. That's twice now in the last week I've decided to forego the, uh, President Reagan open to the, uh, top of the hour. Uh, but we got out of uh, Congressman Jordan a little late, and I wanted to get in on time with Congressman Jim Renacci, former congressman from Ohio's 16th Congressional District, Jim Renacci, now chairman and founder, or co-founder anyway, of Ohio's Future Foundation. Mr. Renacci, good to have you back. How are you, sir? Good, Bob. How are you this morning? I'm good. I'd be better if our governor would stop uh, listening to Dr. Labcoat and open up our state of Ohio for business. Congressman, before we talk about the um, press release that Ohio's Future Foundation put out about the uh, economic alert, I-, I want you to define the economy for people, because uh, the number of people that I hear who are arguing against opening up the state, they accuse us of putting the economy and money ahead of lives. And I, and, I, and I have such a hard time explaining to them that the economy is lives. The economy is people's earnings. The economy is people's ability to feed their children. And when people are impoverished, people die. Um, why, since when did the economy become such a, a boogeyman and such an evil opponent to saving lives? Well, Bob, I agree with you, and I've said that uh, as a governor, you're responsible for lives, and, and lives does include the economy just because of what you said. You know, there are so many people, and, and depending on what situation you're in, you know, I hear people say to me, oh, Renee, so you want to open up, but, uh, but I'm not comfortable going out. Well, that's their freedom. Don't go out. But how about the guy or the gal that needs the job or has the business that has to pay the bills? And by the way, what so many people forget is the economy also runs the government. If it wasn't for the tax dollars that go up, the government would not have any money. So all of this is a a central circle of lives that it has to be dealt with. And that's why I said many, many times over the last couple months, there has to be balance. We shouldn't just have Dr. Acton up there uh, with the governor. We should have economists up there with the governor, or at least on on a screen stating, Here's what's going on with the economy, because when people start to see what's going to happen with small businesses, salons, jewelry stores, campgrounds, coffee shops, many of these places are not coming back. And as every day we stay closed, it's more and more likely they're not going to come back. Congressman Renacci, um, let's talk about Ohio's Future Foundation. Let's talk about the uh, Business Advisory Council, uh, which is part of this, um, because I'm reading your press release that uh, the Business Council, and you know, you mentioned that Governor DeWine should have some economists up there advising and talking to you. Do and o- the OHFF has done that as well, uh, speaking with economists, speaking with business leaders, and so on. And tell us what they have found with respect to the small businesses in this state if we do not open and open immediately well Bob, one of the things that that i've been doing is you're right i've been speaking with economists on a daily basis and businesses on a daily basis and trying to find out what their opinions are and remember every economist has different opinions just like everyone who had the social distancing curves and all of these projections with the coronavirus they had different opinions and that's why i think you need to listen to them all that's why uh, when we talk to our business advisory council Number one, they want to go back. Number two, they're afraid for their employees. 
Um, many of them have had to lay off 80% of their employees, and many of their employees have yet to get unemployment because the government's, the Ohio uh, government's unemployment system is not working. So they're not able to get an unemployment. I've, we talked to people that haven't had unemployment for 60 days, haven't had unemployment funds for 60 days, and yet they still have their mortgages, they still have their house payments, and they still have to feed their children. And I think that's what the fear is when you talk about the economy and lies, because there's so many of these people that are really just concerned about the future, their future, their ability to stay open. And what we've learned is, and this is an interesting uh, opinion, that for every day after May 1st that we don't open, there'll be 2% of the small businesses will be lost that will never return. And if you think about that, if you hold out until June 1st, that's 60% of small businesses that are jeopardy. And that's a, that's a, should be a pretty scary number when people think of lives, economy, and where we're going and what direction, you know, we're heading towards. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's devastating, obviously, for the business owners themselves, you know, most of whom, of course, aren't rich enough and wealthy enough to have capital to just open up their, their own business without taking out loans. They've mortgaged their own futures and their family's futures and on hanging out their own shingle or opening up whatever kind of business that they have to lose them. But we have to recognize that every business is staffed by employees who they're hoping that when this, you know, shutdown thing ends, they'll get called back to work. But if the businesses are gone, there are just tens of thousands, if not more, hundreds of thousands of employees who are never going to have a job to go back to. When those businesses shut down, those jobs are gone forever. And now the competition increases for jobs that are available in places that didn't close down completely. But they also are not going to be hiring as many because of the social distancing. And, the you know, for example, restaurants are going to be able to maybe have a third capacity of what they used to have. So you don't have a need for as many waitresses. You don't have as need, a need for as many bussers, as cooks, etc. I mean, the, the ramifications of this are so many layers deep, Congressman. I, I, and Mayor De, or Mayor Governor DeWine is not addressing any of them. Well, and we used to speak in, in Congress that 65% of America is driven by small business, and that's employees, too, which is what you just said. It's just not yeah. that small business owner. It's all the employees that they employ. And uh, you're right. These people are the, are the lifeblood of the economy. And things are going to change. I mean, one of our business advisory council members is a dry cleaner think about that dry cleaner he's telling us he has four dry cleaning locations in cincinnati and uh what he's learning is that people aren't you know they're staying at home so their dry cleaning isn't coming in anymore because they're not going out and uh, that's going to change that business model along with the coffee shops and and the campground and the jewelry store all these are essential businesses that drive the economy but they also employ many, many people who will not have a job in the future, which puts a strain on the unemployment, which ultimately pushes for a whole bunch of other things that I've talked about in the past, too. Every 1% increase in unemployment adds 3% to drug overdose and almost 1% to suicide. So there's a whole other issue of ramifications when it comes to the unemployment system, uh, you know, continuing to get up there and gain ground. Um. Eighty-five percent of Ohioans approve of the job Governor DeWine has done, uh, at least with the pandemic. And I, I could argue that it's what Amy Acton has done because uh, she has full-on authority, according to the law that was passed in 2012 in the state of Ohio, giving the health director all, essentially all power uh, to issue orders that must be followed in the event of an epidemic or a pandemic. Um, 85% of Ohioans, according to a recent poll done by Baldwin Wallace University, approve of the job that he's done. 
How do you feel about that? Well, first off, the Baldwin Baldwin polls have uh, you know they're they're a joke to the polling because if you look at what happened, they said uh, President Trump was going to lose. They said I was losing to Sherrod Brown by fifteen percentage points. They even said that Cordray was going to beat Mike DeWine. So in the governor's race. So their polls have been flawed. And remember, polls are based on the, the people that you're talking to. And what we found in many of the Baldwin Walls polls is they statistically always seem to put out the message that they want. So the question is, who? the only way I would rely on a poll is to determine who they ask and how they ask the question. I mean, if you ask a question and say, hey, the, you know, uh, this virus is deadly and it'll kill you and everything else, your first question, do you agree or not agree? You say yes. And the next question do you think Governor DeWine is doing the right thing? Of course they're going to say yes. But if you ask the business owners, you know, ask the jewelry store owner, the coffee shop owner, the dry cleaner, do you think? And if you just polled small businesses, you'd probably have 100% disapproval rating, maybe not that much, but you'd have 85% disapproval rating of what the governor is doing. And that's why a poll has to be statistically spread between every, you know, talk, talk to somebody who's got a paycheck coming in every month and is sitting at home and doesn't have a problem, they're going to love what the governor's doing. Talk to somebody who's sitting at home, doesn't have an unemployment check, has three kids, um, they're not in school, and doesn't have the ability to pay the bills, they're probably not going to be happy. And I think what you have to have is that uh, spectrum of all of those people answering those questions. And I'd wait to see what the details of that poll were, because what we found is many of those polls don't, you know, they're not asking the right questions or they're not asking the right people. Congressman, we're talking to former Congressman Jim Renacci, who is the uh, chairman of the Ohio of, of uh, Ohio's Future Foundation. They just put out a statement <clears throat> calling for the opening of the uh, Ohio economy. Um, what a lot of people aren't talking about, and, and I'm not suggesting. Well, maybe I am suggesting this is just as important as opening up a bit businesses, but I want to talk about the schools. Um, kids are stuck in their homes. Many of them cannot learn online. They cannot learn without teacher interaction. They cannot learn without social interaction. Many of them don't have the access to online education. Uh, For example, in some of our poorer districts, uh, in urban centers, they just don't have access to Internet. They don't have laptop computers that are required for these online classes. And in some of the rural uh, uh, areas of Ohio, they just don't even have Wi-Fi there in some of these places. or cellular signals, and they cannot get access to the education that they need. That's just one part of this, and then the other part of it is again they're they're missing they're missing their childhoods. Um, and I know that sounds a little dramatic, maybe a little bit over the top, but kids aren't being able, you know they can't go to their proms, they can't have commencements, spring sports were canceled. You got kids who were counting on having a huge senior season in baseball or track or something to maybe get a scholarship. Those uh, those things are not available to them now. So what nobody's talking about it at least enough for my my for my in my opinion congressman we're talking about businesses and employees but what about the kids well look the kids are also an essential part of the economy and they're an essential part of growing and it's amazing just a year ago we were condemning online schools it shows you how things change we were condemning online schools saying they weren't doing their job and and one year later we're saying what well, we're going to have to teach our kids on online schools so we have to be careful what we were looking towards because many times, you know, now all of a sudden we have these the, the kids and, you know, they're sitting at home. They're not having that social interaction, which I also think is important. 
those are all pieces that they're going to miss out on. And that's why I said we, we will judge this whole situation and how our leaders did, not only by what's going on today, but what goes on tomorrow. And I think that's the key. It's, it's before we got in, how were we prepared for the epidemic? Now that we're through it, how are we guiding it through? And in the end, you know, what was the ramifications? And I think there are going to be ramifications for many of these uh, children and, and young adults who don't get to go to the, some of those events and will look back. I guarantee you they're going to remember this for a lifetime because they're going to miss out on many of these things. Uh, but at the same time, they're missing out on that social interaction, which will affect them, of course, down the road as well. Congressman Jim Renacci is with us. Congressman, do you have time for one more real short segment after a timeout? Sure. I want to ask you about a, a bill that's been put forward now by some Ohio legislators and get your thoughts on that as we wrap this up. Congressman Renacci, one more time after this. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1025. I've got just five good minutes left with uh, Congressman Jim Renacci. So earlier this morning at 9 o'clock, Congressman, Representative uh, Nino Vitale uh, put online a bill. I, I don't know if this is a bill or just some, some I don't know if it's an act, actually a bill that they want to pass or not, but it's been co-signed, if not co-sponsored, by about 28 representatives thus far. And what the bill is, it's called Open Ohio Responsibly Framework, a data-driven applied science approach for opening Ohio for all Ohioans. Are you familiar with this? I am. I was sitting here in front of me. I printed it off when I uh, saw it this morning. Yeah, I printed it because uh, it came out. It came out at nine o'clock, and I started the show then, so I, did, I was able to, to take a look at it during the nine thirty news, and I read through it. I like a lot of it. What it does, it's very, very heavy on personal responsibility, saying, "Look, Ohioans don't need uh, you know big daddy government to tell them how to stay safe if they're vulnerable, if they're in a uh, you know the higher age range, or if they have uh, you know uh, comorbidities uh, issues, you know with with underlying conditions that might put them at risk. Stay home, be safe, be smart. But if you are healthy," go ahead and 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 be responsible also practicing social distancing and so on and so forth and get out there and and restart ohio what's your response to the representative's uh uh plan here well i actually like it and i think it's a little bit of a precursor of what the governors must be going to say because they must be concerned he's not going to want to open there's some concern he's going to want to open gradually they're saying let's open may 1st let's let businesses you know, use their responsibility and people. They have their own responsibility, as you said. I like that it also says all businesses in Ohio are essential because remember, if you own that salon or that jewelry store or that coffee shop or that dry cleaner, you do believe it's essential. And uh, in the end, it's essential for that economy. So I like what they're doing here. Um, I hope it is the framework. That's what it is. It's not a bill. It's a framework. But I think it's a, it's people have to start looking at have we flattened the curve? Yes. Have we assured that hospitals aren't overwhelmed um, with patients? Yes. So we have hospitals that are actually shutting down their emergency rooms. This bill saying, or this framework is saying it's ready to go. And by the way, Bob, I don't know if you saw the U.S. Navy ship Comfort is leaving New York today, which should also be a sign, and heading back, which says that maybe the maybe we just overreacted a little bit with the models, and now it's time to try and get back to normalcy. And, and here's the other thing. Until you start... Your tongue is in your cheek when you say a little bit, right? I mean, because there they were makeshift hospitals put up in places that never saw a single patient, for crying out loud, not to mention the cruise ship, or not the cruise ship, the Navy ship. 
Yeah, I just heard that down in uh, in Stark County. There was uh, tents set up and everything in one of the hospitals. They never were used, and uh, <laughs> so you're exactly I mean. right. Yeah. And uh, But that's why it's time, because you have to start at some point in time. And I know sometimes people are afraid to put their toe in the water, but we have to get this thing open. You know, my son's an emergency room physician up in uh, New York City at, at the one of the, you know, the highest uh, hospitals. And you know what he said the other day? He goes, Dad, and he was one who said, we got to stay closed. He finally said, Dad, um, we're going to have lo- lost lives, whether we stay open or stay closed. It's probably time that we start to open. And I think even some of the physicians are starting to see it that way as well. Yeah, and I certainly hope that is the case because we are literally uh, on the precipice here. I fear uh, as though another week or another two weeks, and I don't know what he's going to say today, but I agree with you that I think maybe they put this out in anticipation of a uh, maybe a, a tempered announcement of uh, of the May 1st opening, maybe saying we had planned to do this, we're going to go a little slower than that. I think his last thing I heard on Friday was we're just not ready yet, we're just not ready yet, we're just not ready yet. And I fear that each week that goes by, uh, there are going to be devastating consequences that will take not months, Months and not years, and I'm not trying to be hyperbolic here, sir, but but I think decades for Ohio to overcome, and I think you could say that about a lot of states, but we're, we're in this one, and I think it'll take decades to overcome if we don't get the uh, uh, get the ship righted immediately. Well, Bob, we went into this in a bad position. We had a state that lost 6,200 jobs last year. We had a state that had an unemployment fund that wasn't funded properly, so we went into it already unprepared. This was not, nobody could prepare for this, but we weren't even prepared for, for a normal situation. Now we have this, you're exactly right. If we don't get started and get the economy rolling, we may see an Ohio that we never really would ever have planned for. And that's why I'm glad to see even you stepped up last week and said, get to your representatives, get to your senators. I've talked to them as well. I'm glad to see that some representatives are finally stepping up and telling the governor it's time. Because remember, this is a state of the people, and the people are represented by their representatives and their senators, not just one person, the governor, and the governor has to listen to everyone. So I think it's good that they're now speaking. Completely agree. Congressman Jim Renacci, keep up the great work with Ohio's Future Foundation. Keep pressure upon our state representatives and state senators, and most importantly, on our governor, so that we can get this state back uh, without any more damage being done. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you. Have a great day. Congressman Jim Renacci joining us, former Congressman Renacci, staying very, very active in Ohio's uh, politics and in, Ohio's, uh, in an Ohio leadership position through Ohio's Future Foundation. Okay, let's get a timeout on the flip. We're going to come back after the news and talk to Rob Walgate, who's got some important things to say. Ohio Roundtable and the AP Roundtable, the American Policy Roundtable, uh, Rob Walgate working with Dave Zanotti, they have been also out in front of this, trying to save the American people. I will not say the word economy. Save the American people from the devastating consequences of the cure rather than the disease. Back after this. Ten thirty-eight. Now we got twenty-two minutes of outstanding, awesome left for you this morning on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks again to my guests thus far: Congressional Representative Jim Jordan, former Congressional Representative uh, Jim Renacci, and now joining us is a good friend of this program and a sometimes fill-in host of this program, uh, Rob Walgate, who is with the American Policy Roundtable, also known as the Ohio Roundtable here in Ohio, and the Public Square Broadcast Network. Rob, good to have you back on the air, my friend. How are you? Hey, Bob. How are you? Thanks for having me. 
It's good to have you, certainly. There's a lot to discuss here, but before we get into today's news with respect to what's going on in Ohio with Mike DeWine and um, uh, when we may reopen and so on and some congressional activity, not congressional, rather state legislature activity uh, that we want to talk about, I want to talk about what you and the Roundtable have been working on with respect to the all-powerful position of Ohio's health director. Uh, a lot of people don't know that Amy Acton essentially has the authority to run the state during a pandemic, thanks to a law that was passed in 2012. And I say Amy Acton and because she was the person appointed health director by Governor Mike DeWine. Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, Ohio Revised Code 3701-13. It gives Dr. Acton, who is the director of the Department of Health, ultimate authority in times of isolation in quarantine in those regards so she has ultimate authority in what is done with people and that's a scary thought to think about that one person has that the unfortunate part is what's happened this time is when it comes to isolation and quarantine she's isolating quarantining healthy folks millions and millions around ohio she's putting that down so uh we're working hard behind the scenes bob to get that law changed we're working with lawmakers state representatives and senators to draft language so that one person wouldn't be able to have that much control. And when they did issue an order, like she's issued so many orders, the legislature would have to step in within 72 hours and either affirm the order, rescind the order, or modify the order. There needs to be others that have a say in the process. Not only does there need to be, and I guess this is kind of... A little bit off the topic, I guess, because I'm just, there shouldn't be one person. You're right. There does need to be more people, but it's this one person is driving me bananas. You know, if you are going to have that much power into the hands of one person, I just would like to know how a conservative Republican governor like Mike DeWine chose a liberal pro-abortion doctor like Amy Acton to be the, to, to be the arbiter of health in the, in the state of Ohio. Well, that's a great question, Bob, and that's a question that we've been asking. But the other thing we've been asking, when you're talking about R's and D's, I think sometimes people get so caught up, we all do, in what letters next to someone's name. However, I will say the Republicans that are in charge of this administration, if there was Democrats that were making these decisions, if they would be in charge, these Republicans would be turning over tables, screaming and yelling about our civil liberties. The problem is these Republicans are ripping them away from us, And they don't seem to care because they seem to be smarter than all of us, and they have the numbers that they've calculated behind the scenes. And when it comes to the numbers of the models that they've calculated behind the scenes, Bob, we've asked for those numbers. We sent a Freedom of Information request to the Department of Health saying, hey, let us see your math. All these numbers that are being talked about, Dr. Acton said on March 12th that 100,000 Ohioans were infected at that time. We said, let us see your math. You know what we got back from the Department of Health? We got back a letter saying that HB 197, that's a bill that was passed at the end of March by the legislature, 375-page bill, dealt with education, dealt with a variety of things, but also tucked in there. Someone slid in that 375-page bill, a provision that says state agencies don't have to provide public records until 90 days after the emergency that has been declared or December of 2020. So they don't even have to give us the numbers for the models that they created. They passed legislation to protect them. I've talked to a number of lawmakers about it. They had no idea it was in there. We told our listeners on the Public Square radio program to call lawmakers and ask them about it. 
The lawmaker said, no, no, that's not in the bill. That's not in the bill. So we posted at aproundtable.org the letter we got from the Department of Health that does cite it's definitely in the bill, and that's what they're hiding behind to not give us that public information. Well, I'm going to have to look a little more closely. I'm looking at aproundtable.org right now, and I'm looking at in a different place, apparently, because I'm going to want to see that. <clears throat> that's yep, extraordinarily important. If you important. go down, Bob, if you go down to From the Newsroom, scroll down a little bit, you will see the Department of Health response to our FOIA request. It's right there, and I'll make sure to text it to you as well that you'll be able to provide with all your to all your listeners. I appreciate that, because that's, that's extraordinary. I had no idea, uh, and I should probably have been aware of that, and I'm going to have to listen to the Public Square broadcast a little bit more. All right, so Rob Walgate, let's talk about um, something else today. Uh, State Representative Nino Vitale was the uh, apparently the author of this. It's not a bill, I guess. It's not an actual bill that they're trying to pass into law, but it's essentially a, a declaration of what they want to have happen. And it's been co-signed by at least 28, maybe more, in the last hour since I first looked at it, uh, different state representatives. It's called the Open Ohio Responsibly Framework, and it's got 12 guiding principles about opening all of Ohio's businesses on May 1st, if not sooner. Uh, and, and then it includes uh, concept of operations, recommended COVID-19, precautionary guidelines, et cetera. But it essentially says, and I'm totally, really, really just kind of um, broad-stroking this, it's saying trust the people to protect themselves. Um, the people do not, healthy people do not need to be restricted, quarantined, or house arrested uh, from something that is extraordinarily mild in terms of its uh, lethality or its mortality rate. And people who might be in danger, people who might be at risk, will be advised to take precautions as necessary. The same way people who are at risk with a compromising health conditions take uh, particular or similar precautions during the flu season, during any other type of crisis. Just be smart. If you don't see well, don't drive a car. But we're not going to limit automobile operation because of a percentage of the population that can't see very well because they're in their 80s or their 90s. And I'm not picking on seniors, but just to point out the fact that what they have what they have issued here is something that essentially says let businesses open up, let them be responsible, let the free market dictate who goes into those businesses based upon the level of safety and the level of comfort that they feel, but stop keeping everybody you know, particularly those who are healthy and ready and able to work, stop keep them keeping them imprisoned because of their own fears. So in other words, they want us to act like adults. Yes. They want to give us responsibility to make our own decisions. And act well, like they live in a free country. Act like they live it, in America it, it, again, because that's the big yeah. part of this. Is, is, is Just let them have their liberty and let it go. Well, based on Governor DeWine's tweet last night, making this week Spirit Week, I believe that sometimes he thinks that we live in a junior high, junior high classroom, um, that he doesn't want to treat us like re- adults and give us that responsibility to make our own decisions for ourselves. Again, tell us about Spirit wanna... Week, Rob. Tell, tell, tell us what's in that. Oh, I was so fired up, Bob. I'm texting. I know you were. That's why I want you to I'm do texting, it. <laughs> I'm texting my buddies that were business owners, and it, it, you know, now I sit back and laugh and say, "What is he thinking? Who sits around a room and says we should send this?" What he did, the governor tweeted out last night, Spirit Week for this week, a different theme for every day. Today's Pajama Day. Later in the week's Make Pizza Day or something. Then there's um, Plant Garden Day. I, you know, I'm texting my buddies that are business owners that have cried literal tears to me over their heartbreak of disappointing families that work for them, and they may not be able to make payroll, and they may be able, not be able to keep the business going. And what do we have? What does our leader do? Spirit Week to get everyone fired up and ready to go. 
I'll tell you what, I can't say on the air what my buddies sent back that are business owners. They weren't worried about Spirit Week. They're worried about getting the economy kick-started again so they can pay people so they can go out and spend money. They don't want handouts. They don't want all that stuff. They want to get back to work. But I don't know, is the are the people in Columbus, and I think I know the answer to my own question, so out of touch with reality, that's what they think Ohio needs at this point in the game? We need Spirit Week? No, we don't need Spirit Week. We need leadership. We need to talk about the things that all those state reps signed on to to open up Ohio responsibly. Again, this isn't about putting someone's health at risk. No one wants to see anyone have their health put at risk. But the more that we isolate and quarantine healthy folks, the more health is at risk long-term when it comes to the future of Ohio. Stated absolutely brilliantly. And and you know what's staggering about it, Rob, is when you talk about tone deaf or out of touch. Did he really include pajama day as one of the days of spirit week? Because it has been pajama life for people who have no reason to get out of their beds, no reason to shower. They have no work to go to. They have no school to go to. They have no hope. People are living in their pajamas. People are told they can't go to the park. I can't put on sweats and go to the park because somebody's going to bust me for being too close to somebody else. I mean, for God's sake, the idea that, like you said, a junior high, this will make people feel better while they're under house arrest. Dress in your pajamas. Um, make a pizza. The idea that that is going to pacify people who are suffering and dying over these you know these these this cure that they have put forth that they have prescribed to this disease. It's it's beyond ridiculous. It's embarrassing. And we've turned we've turned Ohioans against other Ohioans. We've turned neighbors against neighbors for turning people in. Number one, number two, the the bullying that takes place from people that wear masks to people who don't wear masks. I, I'm sure everyone's seen that at the grocery store by now. It totally baffles my mind. Six weeks ago, was anyone told to wear a cloth mask? No. No one was told to wear a cloth mask. Not only were they not told, Rob. No, 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 no. Let's get that straight. They were encouraged not to. They were right. Rather, they were yeah. discouraged. They were told, don't go wearing masks out in public. They won't protect you anyway. Those are only for people who actually are sick yeah. so that it will catch whatever germs that they have. But you don't need them. Now they're making it. They're on the verge of making it mandatory. If you go out in public, you must wear a mask. Well, I, I've got a buddy that's a doc, and he told me that wearing a homemade cloth mask is like standing behind a chain link fence in a gunfight. <laughs> that's about as that's about as much good as it'll do. That so, is the best um, analogy I've ever heard. So I, I've been using that line as much as I can, and it gets the same response from everybody because you're exactly right. Six weeks ago, they were going to do no good. Now we're bullying people in grocery stores that aren't wearing them. Um, well, I can we promise you this, Rob. If you if you ever see me with a mask on in public at a grocery store or, or anywhere else. Just please call 911 immediately and assume that I am in the crosshairs of somebody's rifle and I am being held hostage. The only way I will do it is if somebody has me under, or like I said, in the crosshairs of a gun. So know that I am in serious jeopardy if you see me in a mask, okay? Call 911 immediately. Uh, Yes, and again, it's not to make light. It's not to um, say we're wanting to put people's health at risk. I know you're not wanting that. I'm not wanting that. But the thought of the things that they're requiring or very close to mandating, all of us Ohioans doing, it's based on one thing, and it's based on fear. And that's what they've instilled in so many Ohioans. And you know what? It we're works. Not given, we're it not works. Seeing all of these of people in masks. We shouldn't have that. I know. 
Yeah, it makes people afraid. Oh, my God, you know, this is really bad. Look at all of these people. Look how many other people take it seriously and are afraid. So I'm going to have to be a little bit more fearful, too. You know what? Maybe we shouldn't open up right now. It is absolutely part of that plan. And you are right. They are one step away from mandating it the way they did down in Houston, Harris County, Texas. It is mandatory. You cannot be in public without a mask. And I will tell you what, like I said, under... Under no circumstances would I ever submit to something like that. Well, and yet, and well, yet here in Ohio, even though it's not mandatory, I get a kick out of people when I'm driving down the road. I see people driving the other way passing me with masks on in their oh. cars. Are they wearing them I, in their houses yeah, as well? There, it, I mean, people there was are a guy walking. I saw a guy walking the dog in our neighborhood today, and he had one on. And I, I'm just like, if you read the studies, it's almost impossible. It's basically impossible to catch it outside. It obviously is when you're all by yourself. But I'll tell you what, I just want to say to you, thank you for educating your listeners. Thank you for teaching because talk radio all across the country is what's keeping some semblance of sanity for so many out there because that's where they're getting the truth. That's where they're getting the facts. And that's where they feel they are being loved, loved on, if you will, and allowed to know they aren't alone. So, so continue what you're doing to all your listeners, continue on what they are doing, and we will get this train righted, and we will be back in good shape in no time. Rob Walgate, AP Roundtable, Ohio Roundtable, Public Square Broadcast Network. Uh, Robert, uh, thank you so much for everything, and especially for the chain link fence reference. <laughs> thank you. I look forward to talking soon. Take care, my friend. 1053, final segment coming up. All right, last segment of the show is a short one. My apologies for the lack of uh, phone call opportunities today. I had three guests back to back to back, and I wanted to hear from all three of them. So uh, I hope you uh, appreciated that uh, as much as I did. I really appreciate the wisdom of the people that I bring onto this program. Uh, but now let's take a couple before we're done. George Ann in uh, Willoughby on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, George Ann, go ahead. Hello, how are you? I'm so glad I got through and... I don't know where to begin, but I'm so glad you are bringing up this topic because it's been on my mind, um, you know, about the masks and the social distancing. And I think it's time we open up all of our businesses, get back to normal. Um, I called Dave Joyce's office on Friday, and I, I expressed that. And as far as wearing masks, I don't have one. I won't wear one in the grocery store. I, I see people wearing masks, and they're pulling them up, they're touching them, which defeats the whole purpose. Exactly, which is one of the <laughs> it, reasons it, why I'm so worried about the quote-unquote phased reopening and once they oh, allow restaurants to be open. I know. Are they going to make people wear the, the masks into restaurants and then what, How pull do them eat? down in order to take a bite and then put it back <laughs> on? And then put, it's exactly, and I don't even watch these news conferences of our, our uh, governor anymore because they're boring, they're repetitive. I think Dr. Atkins has too much power. Um, in fact, she's she's very boring. She's like a downer, a, a very um, um, uh, uh, what's the word? Depressing. I'm to think she's of. depressing. Yeah, it's she is. She, she's very pessimistic yeah. and very yeah. You're exactly yes, right. She's the opposite exactly. of what President Trump tries to be, which is optimistic, it, and they make exactly. fun of him for that. They make fun of him exactly. for pushing hope. Right, yeah. right. You know, I went to Lowe's. Um, Saturday because I need a new washer of all things and I I was all set to buy one and they I said well you deliver and take out the old one they said yes we do but we aren't allowed to go in the houses right now 
while ah. the social distancing is going on. I said, oh, that is ridiculous. So they could it deliver is. to the garage or the front porch. Well, how am I going to get it in the house? How are you going to get it in, I'm, right, and how are you going to get I'm it I'm connected? in my 70s, so I, I, how am I going <laughs> to... Georgianne, that's another example, and thank you for the call, dear. It's, it's just another example of the unintended consequences where people are, are suffering. That's, I mean, it's impossible. Uh, John is on, and John, I've got 40 seconds for you. Go ahead. Why didn't you, Bob, create a new norm called free-for-all Monday, free-for-all Sunday, whatever day? You're the one of the few locally produced shows. Three companies want all the stations and the air and the oxygen. I'm being sarcastic. You know that. I do. Why can't we do that? There's so much going on. And unfortunately, some of us are trying to do, instead of looking for a donut tire, trying to invent the wheel. I was ever a metaphor. The guy before me took all the analogies. I want, I thought, you know. No, there's plenty more. No, there's plenty more where that came from. And, 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 uh, John, call me back tomorrow. Thanks for the call. Call me back tomorrow. We'll uh, be able to talk more about those things and beyond. But we are out of time today. Again, thanks to Jim Renacy, Jim Jordan, and Rob Walgate, my guests. Thanks to Andrew and Marcy for running the show. And thanks to you for listening. Stay here. Mike Gallagher's next. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence.